Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 209, a healthy heaping of some turkey soup. And I am your host, and the guy who's wondering, do I sound a year older to you? I certainly don't feel a year older. So my birthday rolled around once again this past Saturday. And after spending a good portion of the day working at our new hunting camp trying to get it set up before hunting season starts, well, before gun season starts, I spent, oh, a little over an hour, I would say, digging a four-foot deep hole for utility pole to be set in. And then spent some time moving some of our wooden decks that we had on our big trailer at our old hunting camp, moving those over to the new hunting camp. And it looks like this week I'll be going back and we'll be trying to get some, if not all, of those decks put up. Overall, it was a great day other than sitting in traffic for about two and a half hours on my way home. In what would normally be a 45 to 50 minute trip back home, it took me that long to get home because there was a terrible wreck on I-65 and unfortunately there were three deaths as a result of that wreck. So, so prayers go out to the families of those people. That is a bad, bad thing. But on a brighter note, I don't want to stay on that topic too long. On a brighter note, I did get my first pop-up blind for my birthday this year. So my lovely bride gave me a pop-up blind because after two or three turkey seasons now of trying very hard to kill a turkey on my property south of Birmingham and not having any luck with it, I have decided that probably the only way I'm going to be able to do it is just to park my rear end in a pop-up blind for two to three hours each morning for probably a week. So we'll see how that goes. And since I'm not much of a blind sitter, we'll see how that goes. So I've got some turkey soup for you guys again this week, but before I get into it, I want to remind you guys of something very quickly, and that is to get out and vote this coming week. Now, I'm not telling you or asking you to vote one party over another, and quite honestly, part of me really wants to ask you to vote out every incumbent. Vote out all those idiots up there 
and let's start over with some fresh meat, some fresh ideas, and with people who want to work together to keep this the best country to live in in the world. But I'm not even doing that, (laughs) even though I really want to. I'm not even doing that. Truth be told, I'm really not as political now today as I was when I was younger. And I mean like even into high school. I was very in tune with the political world then. And as I have gotten older and probably much like many of you, I have become immune to the world of politics. And all I really want to do is be left alone. I want to be left alone. And as long as I'm not hurting someone or causing harm to their property. I don't need anybody telling me what I can and can't do. And these days, typically, I am not one to try to shove my political views down someone or everyone else's throat like we see so much of on social media. Hey, if that's you, then that's fine. I'm just saying that is not me anymore. So I'm not telling you to get out and vote blue or red or pink or orange or green or chartreuse. I don't care. I'm just reminding you to vote. And here's the key part in this. To keep your and our outdoor lifestyles and values in mind when you cast your votes. If you're like me, and I know the vast majority of you guys are, then you know your life would have a huge hole in it if our rights to hunt, trap, and fish, and to keep and bear arms are restricted or even stripped altogether. So please study the candidates, all of the candidates, on a local, state, and federal level before hitting the polls Tuesday, November the 6th, and strongly consider voting for the candidates who will protect those rights to hunt, fish, and trap, no matter which side of the aisle they're on. Now this concludes the public service announcement portion of today's show. (laughs) Moving on. I have quite a large pot of turkey soup for you guys this week. And I think I'm going to make turkey soup a monthly occurrence going forward. The more I think about the idea, the more I like it for a couple of reasons. I think that the turkey soup episodes help to open our eyes to how some of the other states in the country are managing their seasons and their bag limits and their turkey populations, and I think it gives us the opportunity to make recommendations to our own game and fish departments in our own states on what we think they can approve upon. I also think that these episodes encourage you guys to get out to other states and extend your hunting seasons or increase your bag limits or even get your grand or super slams. So, with that being said, if you don't like the turkey soup episodes and you think this is a terrible idea, shoot me an email, andy at iamturkeyhunting.com and let me know your thoughts. If you do like the episodes, there's no reason to email me. I'm going to move forward with the plan of doing a monthly turkey soup episode to keep you guys in the know about what's going on in the turkey world around this country unless a bunch of you reach out to me and say, no, don't do it. Now, let's get on with it. I recently came across a very interesting article that I want to read to you guys. And I think that this article really falls into that category of, hey, what are they doing in other states? 
to manage their turkey populations? And what can we be doing in our state to manage our turkey population and improve our turkey population? So I'm actually going to read this article pretty much word for word. I will probably end up skipping a little bit here and there, but this article is written by John Hayes of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette in Pittsburgh, PA. On the first day of spring, no one knew the rain would continue through October, including the wild turkeys. Weather, habitat change, and other impacts affect parts of the state differently. This year, the State Game Commission adopted a new wild turkey management plan that builds on information collected since 1999. The long-term goal is to build a detailed, practical population model that will maximize the number of wild turkeys in Pennsylvania, said Game Commission turkey biologist Mary Jo Casalina. One of the things we learned from the last turkey plan is that we can affect spring reproduction by altering the length of the fall turkey season when hens are allowed to be harvested said Miss Casalina, author of the management plans. Two years of experimentation when we lengthened or shortened the fall season and analyzed hen harvest rates gave us a nice comparison. Fall turkey seasons have been expanded in southwestern Pennsylvania to reduce or stabilize a growing turkey population. The 2018 through 2027 plan calls for the integration of improved harvest rate monitoring in each of the state's 21 wildlife management units and 1.5 million acres of state game lands. Turkeys are more of a keystone species because they require so many kinds of habitat, oak forests for acorns and open areas for bugging in the summer, she said. They need seed berries, shrubby habitat for nesting, and conifer cover in winter, a real mosaic of different age classes of shrub layers and forest areas. And I'm gonna interrupt for just a second. This part right here is pretty interesting to me. So the article goes on. While avian diseases have had greater impacts on other species, particularly ruffed grouse, parasite-borne viruses are a serious concern for turkeys in this wet, buggy year. Avian pox and lymphoproliferative disease, or LPDV, a retrovirus associated with ugly tumors, are on the rise. No turkey disease is known to be contagious to humans or to foul the meat. Get it? Foul the meat? But as part of the new plan, the Game Commission intends to study turkey diseases and assess how they may relate to population management. 80% of the turkeys we sampled had the LPDV virus in them, but were non-symptomatic because their immune systems were fine, said Miss Casalina. I'm interrupting the article right here, and I'm going to read that again. 80%, 80% of the turkeys we sampled had the LPDV virus in them, but were non-symptomatic because their immune systems were fine, said Miss Casalina. What we found was that contracting multiple diseases wears them down. A diseased bird might have died from avian pox, but also LPDV had a prominent role in its death. Popular hunting culture can be at odds with management goals. In 2017, 38,101 longbeards were harvested in the spring, compared to just 9,266 combined kills of roosters and hens 
during the autumn hunt. I'm assuming he means male turkeys, both Jake's and Longbeard's. With the fall hen harvest controlling the turkey population, Miss Casalina said the state needs more autumn turkey hunters. Every year, the average age of a turkey hunter increases by one year. They are in their mid-50s now, she said. There's no younger generation of upcoming turkey hunters. Just as we're closing in on a practical model for regulating turkey populations, we're losing our primary means of control. In the new plan, the Game Commission intends to develop a more precise method of determining participation rates within the various age groups of turkey hunters. They will recommend ways to attract and hold their interest. There are a lot of interesting nuggets in that one article. Now on the surface, it appears to me that the state of Pennsylvania has a pretty good idea of what they want to do with their turkey population and how to do it. So my hat is off to all of you men and women involved in the Pennsylvania Game Commission for doing what you can do to protect one of my favorite critters in the whole wide world. All right, here is another interesting article. And I'm going to read this one for you as well. This article was written by Nick Lowry, and it was written for the Capital Journal, which is in South Dakota. The title of the article is GFP Commission Considers Banning Rifles in Spring Turkey Hunting Season. Rifles may soon be banned from use during South Dakota's spring turkey hunting season. A new season proposal now under consideration by the state's Game, Fish, and Parks Commission would ban the use of rifles during spring turkey seasons. Instead, hunters would be limited to shotguns and archery equipment. The move comes after surveys of hunters conducted by GFP department staff found that 6.8% of spring turkey hunters prefer to use a rifle. Shotguns were, by far, the most preferred method. Around 70% of turkey hunters preferred them, while roughly 23% of hunters prefer to use a bow. Of the hunters surveyed, 52% said they support restricting themselves to the use of shotguns or bows and arrows. Roughly 34% said they oppose the idea of banning rifles, while 19% said they didn't have much of an opinion on the matter. The article goes on to talk about some slight changes to the spring turkey hunting season in the state, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Now, I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. If turkey hunting with a rifle is legal in your state and that's the way you want to do it, then who am I to say you shouldn't do it? I know personally, I like to get the turkeys as close as I can get them, and I like to not ruin meat by shooting them in the body like I would imagine a great deal of rifle hunters would do, but that's me. If rifle hunting turkeys is legal in your state, and that's the only way that you're going to get out into the woods and enjoy Mother Nature, then more power to you. So here is a great story about a hunting accident that I really feel like I have to read for you verbatim because the headline got my attention right away just like an author is supposed to do. Use the headline to grab attention, to get the reader to read the article, and here's what I've got for you. This article was written by Charles Eichacker. I probably mispronounced that. 
but we're going to go with that. Eye Charles Eye It was written for the Kennebec Journal, and Kennebec is a town in Maine. The headline, Game Wardens, colon, Turkey Hunter in Wayne accidentally shoots another person in chest. In smaller print below that, it says, Fayette Man, who was walking dogs along Richmond Mills Road, was not badly injured. A Fayette man was shot Monday morning when a person hunting wild turkey accidentally fired a 12-gauge shotgun in his direction, authorities said. The man, Richard Hannibal, was walking dogs along Richmond Mills Road when a single pellet from the round struck him in the chest, said Lieutenant Kevin Adam of the Maine Warden Service in a news release. According according to (laughs) police... According to police scanner reports, the pellet didn't break Hannibal's skin, but did give him a welt. He declined to be treated or taken to the hospital. William E. Penley of Scarborough was hunting with his grandson on a property off Richmond Mills Road at the time of the accident, according to Adam. He was sitting in an outcropping of trees and watching a flock of wild turkeys in the yard. But when Penley fired at one of the fowl, he didn't see Hannibal beyond them and a pellet struck the Fayette man, Adam said. Hannibal was reportedly walking dogs with another person along Richmond Mills Road and also watching the turkeys. Reached by phone, Hannibal declined to answer specific questions about the accident, including to confirm whether he had been struck by the shotgun pellet. Instead, he kept repeating a single statement, quote, It was an unfortunate incident, and luckily, no one was hurt. End quote. A phone call and an email to Penley were not immediately returned on Monday afternoon. Okay, so many thoughts about this article. First of all, I feel like the only reason that this story is even news is because it should be a reminder to us that we need to keep in mind not only what is between us and our target, but what is beyond our target as well when we're hunting. It's one of the top rules of gun safety, and we need to be more cognizant of what's behind our target, and that's sometimes very hard to do because we get tunnel vision when our brain tells our body it's almost time to shoot. It's time to take action. So just remember, you guys that are out hunting already, doesn't matter if it's squirrels or birds or turkeys or grouse or pheasant or deer or moose or elk or whatever it happens to be. Consider not only what is in front of your target, but what is behind your target as well. Okay, now I have to laugh. Thank God this gentleman was not hurt any worse. He was struck by one pellet in the chest that left a welt on his chest according to the article. Why are we putting that in the newspaper? I'm not saying it's fake news. Fake news is such a popular term. This is no news. It's ridiculous. But I wanted to tell you guys about it because I want it to serve as a reminder to us, another reminder, I should say, of gun safety. Okay, if you live in or near the state of Vermont, or like me, you need to mark Vermont off of your list of states that you've killed turkeys in, then listen up. Vermont apparently is covered up 
with turkeys. And according to biologists there, there's just the perfect mix of fields and farms and forest all around, and that the turkey population is fantastic up there right now. Now, fall season in Vermont is over, but like I said, if you live in a nearby state and you've tagged out or limited out in your state, you may want to look at taking a trip over to Vermont. They apparently had an exceptional turkey nesting season this year as well, and they're saying that the preliminary results from the annual public turkey brood survey are in and that 2018 was the second best year for turkey production ever recorded in the survey's 12-year history. And the Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department is estimating that more than 6,500 turkeys will be harvested this year in Vermont. That's all good news to me because I am headed there next year in 2019. So, hey, that's good news. As long as there's not a terrible winter, then there should continue to be a very healthy population. You know, you guys have heard me talk, I think several times before, about the struggling turkey populations in Arkansas. Well, there's one person on the job in Arkansas who doesn't believe that the populations are struggling. Well, he doesn't believe that the populations are struggling all over the state. And he wants to fix those inconsistencies in reporting. And that one person is Jeremy Woods, who is the new Turkey Program Coordinator for the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. Now, Woods was the Assistant Turkey Program Coordinator for the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission before taking this job. And he said, basically, he's not scared to come to Arkansas where they are in a period of downturn in their turkey population. He said that there's a lot of room to put some positive direction in the program and he wants to focus on getting more accurate information. He said that he doesn't feel like the turkey brood surveys that have been done are very accurate. He's not denying that there's a population issue in Arkansas, but he's just saying that the data that comes in from these surveys that they take is limited to certain areas. So here's what he says. We've seen a steady decline in observations, but the observations are clusters, Wood says, adding that 47.2% of the observations in the 2018 survey came from only seven counties. And he said in half of the state, they only received just a handful of observations and that that's going to drive the reproduction index statewide and it'll drive the reproduction index in the state's ecoregions as well. So he's saying there's not enough participation in these surveys to get accurate numbers of how many turkeys are out there. And when you take it on the surface and you say, okay, in the northwest region of the state, there were 0.5 poults per hen, but only two people in the northwest portion of the state took the time to complete a brood survey and send it in, and they each had two sightings of turkeys. Well, that's not very good data. So he is asking for more participation from the public in this, and I can't say I blame him. In addition, a former Game and Fish director, Mike Nodal, said, what we see with our eyes doesn't match the data. He feels the same way that Jeremy Woods feels about the data that's being collected. So, 
You guys in Arkansas who have just given up on turkeys, your help is needed. You can still give up on turkeys if you want to. I think that's crazy. But you folks in Arkansas who live in rural areas can really help your state out by participating in these surveys. Next up are some general turkey season updates that we're going to scoot through pretty quickly. First, in Maryland, your turkey season is going on right now, but it's going to end soon. Sunday, November the 4th, as a matter of fact, is when it ends. Maryland is another state that has very good turkey populations in it right now. So, if you hunt in Garrett, Allegheny, or Washington counties, get out there before Sunday and try to get you a turkey for Thanksgiving. Deer hunters in Oklahoma are going to get the chance to harvest deer using a firearm starting Saturday. But wait a minute, this is a turkey hunting podcast. Why are we talking about deer hunting with a firearm or deer hunting period? Well, did you know that muzzleloader hunters in most of the state of Oklahoma can harvest a turkey the final two days of deer muzzleloader season? Because that will be the opening weekend of the regular fall turkey gun season. So there you go. If you've ever had the desire to shoot a wild turkey with a muzzle loader, Oklahoma is your state. West Virginia turkey hunters, your fall turkey hunting season is going to end shortly after sunset on November the 17th. So you got some time to get out there and finish it up, get the deal done, make it happen. And hunters in Florida, your fall turkey season is going to open in zone D, as in dog, on October the 20th for bow and crossbow hunters. Gun hunters may turkey hunt November 22nd to the 25th and December the 8th to January the 13th. That's a pretty healthy fall turkey hunting season in Florida. And now for a little news of the weird. I stumbled across an article written in the Union Leader, which is evidently a paper in New Hampshire. The headline on the article is, Fremont Woman Knocked Off Motorcycle by Flying Turkey. And the article is written by Jason Schreiber. Jess Downing never thought she'd be taken out by a wild turkey. The 24-year-old Fremont woman was riding her red 2011 Kawasaki motorcycle on the way to her masonry job in Chester one morning last week when a turkey perched on a stone wall in a field decided to take flight. Downing had no time to react when the big bird took off and flew into her on Sandown Road, knocking her off the bike. I saw the thing leap and just fly at me, and then I went down. It hurt. I was skidding and I rolled. I was lying there trying to catch my breath for a little bit, she said. Downing broke her right hand and suffered some scrapes on her right leg in the October 16th collision. She said she's lucky that she was wearing a helmet, gloves, jeans, and a sweatshirt. While she's recovering from her injuries, the turkey wasn't so lucky. It was killed by the impact. I got to keep the turkey, so that was good, she said. She has the tail and a wing and plans to make a turkey tail mount as a souvenir. This is the first accident Downing has had with the motorcycle since she bought it six years ago. The crash scratched it up and damaged a blinker and the handlebars. This bike was pristine before this. I've been riding this because both of my trucks, a blue one and a gold one, have been down, and I haven't been able to afford to fix them, so I've been ripping this. 
she said, pointing to the damaged motorcycle. Downing is now out of work, and her bike is parked and covered, but she's thankful that her injuries weren't more serious. She joked that she should have purchased her tags for turkey hunting this year. It would have been a cheaper route to go, she said, laughing. So, there's a picture of this young lady holding... (laughs) Standing beside her motorcycle, holding the fan of this turkey that flew into her. From the looks of it, I think it is a hen because it's not a very big fan at all. And she's also standing beside her red Kawasaki motorcycle. And thank God for her sake, she wasn't hurt more seriously. And I'm really not laughing at the accident that she had. I'm just laughing more or less at her attitude about the whole accident. That, you know, she's kind of like, just that she's embraced this and she's rolling with it. So I love it. So all you guys in the Northeast, get serious about turkey hunting this fall and get rid of some of these turkeys. Jess Downing is counting on you. If someone had harvested that hen a few days before the hen flew into her, this could have all been avoided. So do your neighbors a favor and prevent them from having a motorcycle accident with a wild turkey by turkey hunting more often. I really thought that was something else. I mean, that's just some terrible timing for both Jess and the turkey. All right, so that is all that I've got for you guys this week. Before I cut you loose for the week, though, I do want to ask a favor of you. And I started the show out this way. Research the candidates running for office in your local, state, and federal elections and go vote Tuesday, November the 6th. That is all that I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.